Hi, George. Hi, we have Lucy Good on today, and and she and it looks like it's going to be a good interview. Float Your Boat podcast about how everyday people created their road to success. The highs, the lows, pitfalls and potholes and how they overcame it all. And now, here are your hosts. Hi Lucy, how are you? Hello. Uh, you know, I, 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 was, I was speechless then, I didn't even know how to respond. <laughs> I have that effect on people. I got a million of them. Hello, Lucy. Welcome to our, our our little show. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So why are you here? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> it's Friday, and we wanted to have a, a bit of a wind down, ready for the weekend. That's 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 that's, that's, that's that's correct. That's correct. And I, I noticed um, um, you're not you're, you're based in Australia. I am. Right, but originally, I mean, I detect maybe call me a genius. I detect a slight <laughs> English slight accent. accent. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That's right. I'm um, I'm English. Whoa! Surprise! <laughs> Shock! Horror! <laughs> so, uh, so you're in, so being from the UK, do you have to be in quarantine here? <laughs> After 12 years of living here, um, they've let me um, get off my quarantine, but um, I've, I've never been more grateful to live in Australia than I am yeah. right now. I can assure you of that. Yeah, you know, I have friends back in the UK and they're all dropping like flies over there. It's, oh, um, no, it's terrible, terrible yeah, it is, situation. They, they just can't get their shit together. That's why you left. Yeah, well, um, yeah, something along those lines. But, yes, um, I say if my either of my kids dare to complain about anything. I was I had a complaint <laughs> this morning from my 15-year-old that her white top came out the wash off-white. Oh. Uh, which automatically oh, means that I go, think of all the people in England. Think of your family. That happens to your white shirt after a, 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 a walk through London. <laughs> 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 I should have used that. You know, stop complaining. <laughs> Pretty bloody good here. <laughs> Let's wind back the the, uh, the hands of time and um, tell us where you grew up. And we don't have to wind back that far. She's only a young one. Well, yeah. But you know, let's yeah, start. Yeah. Actually, it's implying? funny your what are you voice. Implying, Brett? It's funny your accent. It reminds me of a friend of a business colleague of mine. And I swear, if I hadn't have seen you, I would have thought it was her. So she's obviously you're obviously from the same part of England that she is. So yeah. tell us, where did yeah. you grow up? Well, um, I am from southern England, from mm-hmm. London area. Mm-hmm. Um, Hertfordshire, in fact, which is North London, well, mm-hmm. above London. Yep. Um, and, um, yeah, I grew up in um, 
in a small village outside of London with my dad. My mum died very young, so my dad brought me up. So funny that funny that I've kind of gone into this single parent thing now because I was brought up by a single dad. Um, and I always think it was a lot harder then because he was a single dad way before it was cool to be a single dad. Mm. Um, whereas there's lots of single dads out there now and people are like, oh, great, single dads are so good. And I know a lot of brilliant single dads, um, but my dad was the original and the best. Um, and he flew uh, for British Airways. He was a flight engineer. So um, my upbringing was um, quite unusual in that um, I had my dad and my brother and uh, I had to go into a foster family quite early on for when my dad was away flying, which was a wonderful experience. And I'm still um, close to them now. And um, in our school, we went to boarding schools and in our holidays, we basically flew all over the world with my dad because there was no other childcare options. So I spent many, many hours in the cockpit of the 747 flying to incredible places. I lost count of the amount of times I went to Mauritius and the Caribbean and America. Um, you know, and it was in the days when flying was fantastic because it was, I don't know if you've ever seen Catch Me If You Can mm -hmm, yeah. or read the book, um, but it was all very glamorous in those days, flying. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was really proud of my dad in his uniform. Um, you know, up in the cockpit of the plane. So, yeah, it was a childhood which was tinged with sadness, but was, in when I look back, the very best it could have been. Um, well, so I was quite was, happy. Yeah, well, now that you're a, a parent, I guess you can look back and, and, and say to yourself, well, that's why Dad did what he did, right? Mm. Oh, mm. absolutely right, yeah. I mean, uh, my ex-husband, who I'm still friends with now, we had a bit of a bone of contention between us because he used to say oh I believe that you know, when your mum died your dad should have given up his job and stayed at home to look after you um, I'm so glad that he didn't do that because it was possible that he was going to end up um, you know jobless um, and we would have had a very uninteresting life struggling for money um, and yes I was sort of moved between boardings well I was at one boarding school um, and I was with the foster family some of the time, but also I had this great opportunity to travel. And I only wish I really knew at the time <laughs> how lucky I was to have had that. And I do tell my dad even now, you know, I had the best upbringing in the circumstances that we had. So how old is your dad now? My dad is 84 and uh, I speak to him every four Still flying? hours. <laughs> no, but since he... Oh, he did have Half to of them dropped off because of COVID, right? He should be back on the job, back on the tools. He, he hates flying now, but he did. Um, he he did end up taking early retirement due to my my the naughtiness of my teenage years, and oh. um, and then oh, he went. We're going to go there. <laughs> and then he went on to build his own aeroplane in the garage of a friend's house. Um, so he's yeah, he's mad for the skies. Um, and even now, one of the things that he does whilst he's in the COVID lockdown on his own is he has a flight simulator. So he flies, and it's live. So he flies all over the world from his spare room. Um, so he's done that. And he's also taught himself the Morse code to keep his brain active. He's pretty cool. 
course, of course. That's I mean, very you cool. know, it, it, it didn't it didn't twig to you when you were, um, you know, in that crash in the cockpit that um, you know there were no other kids there that you know it wasn't normal. But it wasn't really, I, I didn't. Uh, look, I, I knew, I always felt special. Because every know, dad builds a plane in his garage. <laughs> For every dad. Yeah. I know, I know. Well, um, funnily enough, we were watching The Office last night, me and my youngest, and I, um, and I don't know if you've seen it, the American one, but they were talking about going into the cockpit as kids. And I was explaining to her, I said, you know, in the olden days, kids did used to be allowed to visit the cockpit to see the pilot and they were allowed to sit on his lap and pretend they were flying the plane, which she found quite incredible because nowadays you can't get anywhere near the cockpit because of terrorism um, and all the problems that we've had in the world today. Mm, but mm. I was explaining to her that that used to happen and I used to have to make a disappearance when the other kids came in. Um, because I would sit in the jump seat for the whole flight. Um, and so best seat in the house. I had the most Without a doubt. No, um, no. I was so lucky. It was it was just the you, you were, you were. I wonder if your dad put you there on purpose because that was the, the only seat that had an ejector button. <laughs> so very, very quickly before we move on, just to make you understand how amazing it was, was that I would get on the plane. My dad would already be on the plane in the cockpit. I would be waiting with all the other passengers, but behind the desk where everyone's checking in. And then they would put me on the plane, usually in economy. But what would happen was once the plane had taken off, they'd move me as far forward as they could possibly. So often I'd be sitting squashed into economy and then an air steward or stewardess would come along and say, come on. And I'd walk down and I'd nearly always get into business or first class. Now, first class is out of this world. And if there wasn't any spaces, I would go up into the jump seat or I could just go and sit up there. So I also travelled first class probably about 80% of the, the time. Gee, <laughs> it's a grind, that, right? But, it's a but tough those life. Days they, didn't have, they didn't have the um, in-seat entertainment um, unit. No, so what did you – sorry, what? They didn't have them, no. They didn't have movies either, did they? Did they? they had projectors you back then, have an, a, a little um, – TV at the front of the cabin. Oh, there was a TV. Yeah. But, but they didn't have that in economy, did they? can't remember. I don't think it's so. It's going back a few years. But here's a No, here's but a you could smoke ciggies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, but, all, but Gee, but we're all showing smoke, our age here, guys. But all the smoke all the smoke went down the back because the plane was – Anyway, um, here's, a, here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. Did your Dad ever explain to you – because I don't know the answer. Did your dad ever explain to you um, why they call it a cockpit? No. <laughs> now they now they're politically correct. No. They call it a box office, right? <laughs> I'm speechless. <laughs> I can't answer. That no, but I, 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 I've always wondered why it's such a strange name for a okay. well, the I'm front of an aeroplane. Right. I'm going to ask him that. But think about it. We don't call the, the front of the car a cockpit, do we? Like, why do they? When call you're it in a the seat, we do. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> Christ! I shouldn't say that. We've just I've just alienated all our religious <laughs> followers. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> pushing right along. <laughs> I, I would guess that it's some sort of nautical term. I, that's my guess. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, but you, you, you've got me questioning it, so I shall, I shall ask the expert when we speak tonight. Yeah, great. Fantastic. Now let's move on to your teenage years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. so your dad, did, your dad, so, so your dad, your dad spoiled you. And then what happened? You rebelled against the 
their first class treatment. Yeah, I was like, this isn't enough. I want more. I'm going to become a. I'm going to become a punk rocker. Which 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 just pays pays heed to to what I tell all parents. I say, so no matter how good you are, your kids are always going to have a complaint. No yeah. matter how good. Oh, I know it now. I don't worry. I'm getting my comeuppance. Mm. Uh, <laughs> now that's a great English term. Come comeuppance. Oh wow. Wow. So, Good so Lucy, you. tell us, so you rebelled, what did that entail? Oh, yes, I did, as much as the next teenager. I was, yeah, I was pretty crazy. Um, I guess that the reality of not having a mum, in those days, you know, you didn't really deal with anything, you didn't talk to anyone about it, and I was... Um, I, I, I was just so in love with my dad and he was both to me, mum and dad, but he wasn't, he couldn't be. So I did grow up without a really important part of my life there. Mm-hmm. And um, my mum's sister had died 10 days after her of a totally unrelated cancer. So it kind of left uh-huh. our family in pieces. And um, I just swept everything under the carpet and enjoyed my wonderful life flying around the world and um, never really discussed it with anybody. And ultimately, um, I found it quite difficult to deal with my feelings and um, fell in love with alcohol and drank very heavily from a very young age and partied hard, which it turns out is probably um, a family streak because both my kids are wild party animals as well. Mm. And um, I left my private boarding school with an education which I had been forced through um, with good grades and I'll always be really grateful to that school and to my dad and to everybody who forced me through that to come out with what I came out with but I left at 16 and I went to like the local dodgy college in Watford. And now a word from our sponsors. Hi it's Gino from Bondi Broker. In today's changing times, the importance of health and financial security has never been more important. At Bondi Broker, we work with you to improve your financial security by offering free financial health checks, assisting in reducing your debt, and gain competitive rates to improve your cash flow. Bondi Broker gets you in the best financial health so you can focus on what matters most. Visit our website today for your free consultation at bondibroker.com.au. And uh, so I sort of went from one extreme to the other. And whereas my dad could have been quite disappointed after all the money he paid for the boarding school and my education, he wasn't. He just carried on supporting me. And I went on to do some secretarial stuff because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I did a travel and tourism course because I wanted to travel. And um, I found my sort of place there in terms of doing something I enjoyed and that I was interested in with travel. and. I, all I ever wanted to do was travel again because I'd been brought up with it. I, I had itchy feet from a really young age and I, I was obsessed with travel. I watched all the travel and holiday shows and got all the magazines sent to me because we didn't have the internet in those days. And I just wanted, I always knew I was never going to stay in England to live. I ha- had a feeling in me that I was going to live somewhere with palm trees. Wasn't quite sure where, certainly wasn't Australia. I um, had no inclination whatsoever to come to Australia. Nothing about it really appealed. It wasn't that I didn't like Australia. It's just there was other places which seemed more exotic that appealed to me. Um, And eventually I ended up coming to Australia because my best friend was out here doing a year's travelling around and I, I came out to visit her for 
for a holiday and we were um, hitching. We, I think we were the last of the hitchers. We'd hitched all around Europe and, you know, it was in the days when no one hitched anymore, but we did. We were still hitching everywhere. In fact, we hitched over to um, Rainbow Beach over to Fraser Island, got off the barge on Fraser Island and had to hitch up the beach uh, where we camped. And um, then the following morning we, we got up, it was raining. So we put black bags over us, you know, bin bags with holes. And then as is the weather up here, it, it stopped raining, the sun came out, but we were still wearing our bin bags over us. So we did look a little bit odd, holding cans of VB, nine o'clock in the morning, thumbs out. And my future ex-husband picked us up. That's how I met him. Classic, classic. And and there classic was a potential. English, it could have gone English either way. Law. It could have gone classic. either way. He could have picked you up and been a mass murderer and, yeah. and, and dumped you in a forest somewhere. So you, or so he was going to marry you and he, and he decided, oh, what the hell, I'll marry her? Is that what <laughs> happened? <laughs> he, he always says it was the cans of BB at nine in the morning that oh. did this. But interestingly enough, he actually went, he actually drove past us. He'd never picked up hitches before ever. And he saw us and thought, oh, God, he thought they've got to be English. <laughs> and then he carried on driving and realised he'd missed his turning. And so because he had to come back past us, he kind of stopped very reluctantly. And, um, yeah, eventually yeah. We, we, we hopped in and we spent a great day on Fraser Island together. And, and the rest is history, although we did you didn't, you, yeah, yeah, but you didn't, you didn't have any um, like misgivings that he, you know he stopped and turned around, did a second run. It's kind of like totally. I mean, it's 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 kind of like predatory predatory behaviour, don't you think? Like, we didn't care as long as we got a lift. We it was it not was worse. it was the way you held those cans of VB that just attracted him. From, it did, and the, and the bin bags and the sunshine. Oh, okay. Oh, classic. He was more scared of us than we were. <laughs> You can get it. So you, so you never really had an idea to come to Australia. It was like just because you you wanted to visit your friend. Absolutely, yes. And right. so, so, yeah. so, you so fight, you fight, 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 fight. So you stayed because of because you loved the country as well, or just because you well, fell no, in love. Interestingly no. enough, um, the ex husband who we met yeah. on Fraser is from is English. Oh my right. Arrived from me in England, and oh, that's why he knew you were English. Yeah, oh yeah, I think I guess he recognised one of his own, and um, oh, that behaviour every <laughs> Friday night in London—it's uh, he was he was living between England and Australia, and um, I went back after my holiday, and he came back early. We um, we we dated, moved in with one another very quickly, and um, then we spent four years doing half the year in England, half the year in Australia. And then we got married, settled down, had kids in England because of family. And then after a few years of having had the kids, I say a few years, five years, my eldest was five or four at the time. And I just, it was just so miserable over there. It was so cold. It was so hard to do anything with them. And um, he wanted to come back to Australia and live. And I was umming and ahhing because of family. And one morning I just thought, I've just had enough. I've had enough. It had been a long weekend. Couldn't do anything with the kids. I was stuck inside the house. So I drove into his work in London, opened his office door and said, that's it. Let's go. <laughs> I've had it. Wow. So, so he so said, all right. But he said, promise me that you mean it and you won't change your mind. 
And I said, I promise you, I mean it. And within 11 months, we'd got our visa, sold our house, and we were in Australia. And where did you move to? Funnily enough, we moved to Noosa, so pretty much full circle. Reason being was we had to get a business visa because my husband's older than me. It was the only one we could get in on. And he had a successful business in the UK, so we produced the figures from that. And we had to buy a business here. And we had some friends in Oz because we'd spent a lot of time here. And a friend of ours said, look, I've just opened... He had a string of backpacker travel agencies. And he said, just opened one in Noosa. Do you want to buy that? Manage that for your visa? And we said, yes. We've been here ever since. And so you're in Noosa now? Yeah, I'm in Sunrise Beach, very close. Still managing a backpacker's hostel? It'd be very empty at the moment, wouldn't it? (laughs) So, um, so how many years down the track was it when you, because we're w- working towards Beanstalk, um, how many years down the track was it before you realised that you had to get rid of your husband? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, one of the reasons we came here is because we weren't happy in England mm. and with our marriage. No great affairs, nothing dramatic, just... We, we were big party animals and then having kids put a stop to that. Um, and we found, I think, that we weren't as compatible when we weren't out partying. And um, I didn't really like being married. I felt trapped. Mm-hmm. I, I think I just had such an unusual life growing up and I always desperately wanted this typical, stereotypical family because I never had it. I had bizarre setting and I was desperate for normality. And then when I got it, I thought, actually, I don't like this. This doesn't sit with me. And um, so, yeah, we tried a lot of things to make it work, including moving to Australia. Um, And then after just a standard argument where about something quite irrelevant to anything, we just said enough, mm. enough. This was about, we'd been in Australia for about three years. You know, moving over here was really, really hard. It's really difficult to get into this country. It cost us a huge amount of money. Mm. Uh, you, you know, unless you've done it, you just can't imagine how difficult it is. And a lot of people do go back because it's so hard, and especially in this part of Australia as well. Mm. Um, but... We did do it and uh, we did the right thing for our kids because our kids have had an amazing upbringing. Um, he lives really close. We live ten, um, with just a 10-minute drive from one another. Um, but, yeah, we had a, when we did break up, everyone was really surprised because we came across as, like, we were still getting on, but we just built up these massive walls. It was all very undramatic, very sad, Um but the good thing is we both, there was no question about us both staying here in Australia. Mm. And we kind of made a verbal pact with one another that we would both stay in Noosa until the kids flew the nest. Um, and I remember him saying, you know, there's worse places to land um, because, you know, it hadn't gone as we planned, but we were living in a beautiful part of the world um, to, to, to do things not to plan. <laughs> And yeah. that was when, um, yeah, and then, so, yeah, we broke up and we went our separate ways fairly amicably. Fairly right. amic- amicably. There's a word I'm, there, I'm, fairly. I'm, I'm, guessing, I'm guessing the lawyers got involved and um, started to muddy the water a little bit. 
No, not really. No, we did okay. it all ourselves. Yeah, we were just okay. like, yeah, we were both pretty generous. We're both generous, good people, I reckon. We right. both wanted the best for each other. So we did a financial settlement, which, you know, we decided on. Um, we had it all drawn up to say that whatever happens in the future, we'll never take money off of each other. We're going our separate ways. And um, and that's what we did. Look, not to say we haven't had arguments along the way, you know, arguments about things like the kids' schools, but things that people would argue over as parents, even if they were together. Um, <clears throat> so it's not been... It's not been all sunshine and roses, but it's been it's been reasonable, all things considered. Okay, so tell us tell us what led you to Beanstalk and and how that came about. Well, I guess that I found myself in a situation where I was on the other side of the world to all my family. Um, I didn't have very much support when I split up, and um, I had been offered a job as a marketing manager at a venue in Hastings Street on Noosa and it was a full-time job opening the venue which I took and uh, it was great. Uh, I was able to use all of my skills that I'd had in jobs previously um, but I was working so hard and the kids were young I wasn't able to see them and I just thought I don't want to carry on doing this I want to have I want to start my own business where I work from home, I always had an image of me on a beach somewhere else in the world, tapping away on a laptop or at an airport. I wanted something that I could move around. I guess I always felt I needed freedom. I hated being tied down to anything. I didn't like being tied down to my marriage, maybe because I'd always travelled around and moved. I don't know. But going into that same office every single day, was doing my head in, not being able to be there for my kids, was doing my head in. I just wasn't happy. I wanted more. Um, and I knew I would want to get that through my own business that I could run anywhere in the world. And I had a million business ideas, most of which had already been done. Some I took a few stages further. And then I was sitting down having a beer with a very good friend of mine. And he said, look, you know, he said, what you're doing, you're a single mum who's just trying to get more from her life. And you're going to do that. You're doing it already. You've bought a property. You're doing this. You're doing that. Why don't you try and show other single mums how to do that? And, um, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. That's what I could do. Um, and that was when I thought of Beanstalk. And basically it just came from there. And it doesn't include single dads? No. I, I did I did some research before I started the business. I sent out a heap of surveys to all my single friends, mm-hmm. uh, dads, single dads and single mums. And, you know, within, you know, just even looking, flicking through the surveys, men think differently to women. Um, and if you want to be able to find a really good niche audience, even single mums is not niche enough. You have to find, Beanstalk is not about the single mums who are in crisis. We never turn anyone away. We're inclusive, not exclusive. We're not about the people who are going through through the, 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 the initial breakup and the drama and the, you know, sometimes the DV and terrible things like that. We're more about sort of rebuilding your path as a single mum. And a lot of the surveys I was getting back from the guys was like, you know, I don't need help. I don't need support. I can do it. Um, whereas women are more likely... I don't want to, uh, women, will, women will reach out for support and they will be active on social media and they do buy online um, much more than men, it seems. Well, men um, <clears throat> pretend they don't need help and that they're exactly. all good. 
Well, but, I agree. And I think you have to come at that from a very different angle. And I think it mm -hmm. takes a guy to do it. There is a space out there for this, for men. And I just wish someone would, would use it because it's so needed. And there's mm. nothing really like this. I have men messaging me saying, is there anything like this for men? Can you give mm. me advice? Um, there yeah. is very little out there. For, for a lot of for a lot of men, they have to get past the idea of, um, you know, like, you know, always wanting to look good, remain looking exactly, good. Exactly, yeah, uh, that, that front, that manly <clears> front. Um, <throat> So, but interestingly enough, as I, said, I was brought up by a single dad, one of my best friends is a single dad. Obviously, my ex-husband is a single dad. So I know a lot of amazing single dads, um, but they do. Everybody needs help sometimes. So mm. Mm. It, it's just, it's, and reaching for it is the hardest step. And that's where the, the men tend to have the problem. But I was doing this, yes, to help, but I was also doing it as a business. So I needed those people who were going to reach for help. So Beanstalk is online right um yeah so you've got um clients all over australia all over australia all over the world right okay yeah, yeah um but mostly australia right um george sorry no, i was gonna say do, do we i mean do we um buck the the trends or i mean are we um do we have more of an issue than other countries or probably not right but um no, it's no, we simply don't. because you started here. Only because I started here, yeah. And I mean, I have often thought, oh, I wonder if I could move it into England a bit more um, visually. Because mm. it's online, it, it, people worldwide are welcome. Um, but the advertising and the things that I, a lot of the things that I do are specific to Australia. Um, yeah, it's purely because this is where I am and I, I, I get on well with the Aussie women. And, um, you know, they're a good crowd of people. We've got social media chat platforms um, and it's great to, to work with them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I w and we've got lots of Americans and people saying, oh, I wish there was something like this in America or I wish there was something like this in the UK. So there's so much room to branch out if I wanted to. But um, I think I'm quite happy just in this space at the moment. But tell us, tell us more precisely the, the, the services that, that, are, that, that are offered. Yeah, okay. Well, it's pretty much most, it's nearly all free. So it's a resource space for single mums who are um, on that single motherhood journey right through from the beginning. Um, as I say, we don't really provide expert advice around DV and housing um, and financial hardship. Um, but we do refer people on and we have um, resources like um, articles and podcasts. You know, I've got my own podcast, Beanstalk Single Mums, where I speak to people like the National Debt Helpline, Relationships Australia. I've spoken to the ATO to help single mums do their tax. I've spoken to child support and people like that. But I've also, my last article and my last uh, episode was... Um, with Valentine's Day coming up, it was about how to have a great sex life with yourself. So that probably gives you a good idea of the range of um, things I do. So, and I've got a discount directory, which uh, my tagline is um, everything for your sing uh, from sex, sorry, from solicitors to sex toys, everything for your single mother journey. So that kind of gives you the idea of the range of things that I can offer. So um, we have free eBooks for what to do when you first become a single mom. We've got checklists and things like that. We've got 
hundreds and hundreds of resource articles written by me or experts um, about everything that you need for your journey. You, you know, what to do with the dog when you get divorced. Um, <laughs> Same as toys. Um, Cut them in half. So, <laughs> so, so, Lucy, how do you how do you make an, uh, like a revenue stream? <laughs> All right. Well, the one thing that I do sell on my website is my single mum equals. So basically that course, it's an online course. You can do it online or you can do it, print it out and do it. Um, it's about a 14 to 20 hour course, uh, which ladies can go on and it takes you right through your single mum existence. So it's about saying, hey, look, who am I now? Because it's exactly where I was. I was so bloody busy being a single mum and sorting out my kids and sorting out everyone else and making money. I didn't realize who I was. You know, I used to look at myself in the mirror and be like, oh my goodness. I've changed, but I haven't had a chance to accept what those changes are. Um, so it's about sort of recognising who you are as a single mum and actually what you want from life now you're a single mum because you haven't got a partner, you haven't got to accommodate anyone else's dreams. Um, and then it's all about getting your life in order time-wise, finance-wise, health-wise, kids, um, and how you ultimately reach out and um, get the things that you want. But because it's all geared for single mums, you know, unless you, I always say like it's a really unique, bittersweet experience being a single mum. It's like trying to do things with your one hand tied behind your back because you're paying all your bills yourself. So you have to take things like that into consideration when you're helping other single mums. So that's my one thing that I have for sale on the website. It's called the You've Got This um, course because I always find it's a phrase that's used so much on my platforms. You've got this, you've got this. We're always saying to each other, mm. you know, encouraging each other. That's $90, that course, and people can take it and do it at their own time. Um, the other way that I make money is that I've got um, two advisors who work with me. I've got a lawyer and an accountant. They come on board um, and they help uh, the single mums across my platform. So I've got 20,000 uh, well, single mothers on my Facebook group. So the lawyer and the accountant come on there and they help. They give free advice. Um, to the mums and it's they're brilliant absolutely brilliant I've been working with them for several years um, and that's an that they also but they pay me to come on and do that um, because from it they ultimately get business um, and I get display advertising and I do a lot of affiliates as well um, and I have a discount directory that people pay to go into uh, as I mentioned to advertise their products and services anything that single mums might like so I've got different forms of revenue coming through. And I've also still got three of my social media clients that I haven't let go of um, since I started the business. So I, I do that as well. So I do some social media for a few other businesses just in case, because having your own business is very sort of up and down, which is all very well if you've got a partner who's bringing in a constant um, supply of money. But for me, um, it's very much hand to mouth in terms of if I've had a good month with the business, that's great. I can pay my bills if I haven't. Um, I can't. So having a little bit of extra work on the side is more for peace of mind than anything. Yeah, well, it, I, that's the nature of all small business, isn't it? Absolutely it is. I've learned so much. It's just incredible how much that I've learned um, from doing this. And some of the stuff that I'm doing now with my contract clients is is teaching them what I've learned in my journey um, to build a business. Because I built when I first started it, I was working full time, Uber driving, contracting, and starting the business. 
And I would say I probably worked for about four years for free. Um, and, you know, it's been, it's been a massive slog to get to where I am, but I'm finally reaping some rewards from it. So when people sort of say, oh, what advice would you give? I say, be prepared to work for nothing for a few years mm. and to work your ass off because I, I just can't and, and consist, consistently do it. Mm. You can't think, oh, I'll do it for a year. It hasn't worked. I'm going to move on. You just got to keep going. And then it will work eventually. And changing that business model constantly. Uh, I've changed. I've had two websites built. The, the models, what I thought I would make money from, I don't. And uh, I've just had to, to keep changing it. And also finding that balance of genuinely helping people and making enough money to support myself and my family um, is difficult. It is a very fine balance, oh. isn't it? <laughs> It is, yeah. It's really hard, um, and yeah, I've done so much for free for people, and I have so many people coming to me with their startups saying, "Oh, look, can you advertise me?" And you know, I want to help everybody because I wasn't that far long ago that I was that startup desperate for support. Mm-hmm. But if you've been working all day and you haven't actually made any money, you're not doing your family any favors, and my kids have got to come first. So I'm trying to be a bit more, a bit tougher. Well, Lucy, in, in, in along this journey, what have you discovered about yourself? Because you said, you said uh, you know, the divorce process, it's about, you know, like you discover who you are. Like what did you discover? Oh, look, I discovered that I'm, I'm more determined than I thought. Um, I have, uh, well, in fact, I'm really, really determined. Um, I will try and try and try um i don't know if you've ever read you probably haven't been guys but the book um eat pray love eat love eat pray love mm-hmm. that really famous movie and book i have read it. it yes well they, they, in it she says there's um everyone has a word every city every city in the world has a word one word to describe it and every person um, has one word to describe them and I was talking to some friends about it and we were saying what's your one word to, to describe yourself and my word I said was try and they went mm. absolutely that is your word try mm. I'm always trying um, and I just keep on trying different things and um, you know and I'll persevere <clears throat> so I've learned about perseverance um, and also I think I've learned a lot about calm I've just, right. it, things have been so stressful at times and certainly bringing up two young teens at the moment, just keeping things calm and peaceful is really, really, really important to me. My ex-husband was a bit of a whirlwind right? Um, and an entrepreneur and there was always stuff going on and happening and that just was not working for me. I've discovered I'm quite a peaceful person and I work well when I know everyone can't be happy all the time, but can we at least be respectful and kind to one another in this home that we live in? And if we can work by those rules, then we're doing pretty well as a family. It doesn't surprise me in the slightest, really, when you think about your upbringing in aeroplanes. I mean, that's the code of ethics that um, they operate by. Without a doubt. Yeah. And And everyone is allowed their space. Yeah, and when I meditate, um, my place, my space for meditation is above the cloud. 
um, you know, in that space where you've got the really, however bad the weather is, there's always blue sky up there. And when you fly, you're always up in that blue sky. And that is my peaceful place because it reminds me of my childhood and happiness. But it is also always something that is there for us, that blue sky. We might not be able to see it today, but it is there. Um, so my girls are, are, as I say, they're quite into their partying and going out and socialising. But they're also, my eldest is really into angels. They both love their crystals. They both meditate, listen to sleep stories. Um, we're not sort of this completely zen family, don't don't get it that we are, but they have got this level of peace running through them, which I think is really important for kids to have. So, Lucy, um, can you tell us uh, all your um, social media handles, et cetera, so if people out there want to get in touch with you um, and and your podcast? I I, I actually didn't know you had a podcast, um, so I'm going to listen to it now. Yeah, have a listen. What's it called? It's called Beanstalk Mums. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so all sorts on there, um, and just they're just thirty-minute listens because us single ones don't have a lot of time. Um, but a huge range of topics. Mm. Uh, I haven't done. It's not huge. I've only done, I think, about seventy-five recordings now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I've got. Um, you can visit my website, which is beanstalkmums.com.au, and on there you can get access to the podcast which is Beanstalk Single Mums um, yep. you can also um, have a look at the Beanstalk Mums discount directory which is exclusive specials single mums only um, you can um, look at all of our blogs you can get a free goodie bag you can get access to our free ebooks which are there to help you on your single mother journey um, from there you can also visit our social media platforms you can go through to our anonymous single mum forum you mm-hmm. don't have to log in you don't even need a password you don't need a special name ask a question nobody knows I don't even know who you are so go on there and ask a question if you feel um, it's something that's a bit sensitive um, if you want to be amongst a whole heap of other single mums who are really loving their single mum lives go to the single mum vine facebook group um, it's got 21k in it and I tell you that because there's a lot of copycat groups out there which um, have set up with similar name there's one called the single mum vine this is single mum vine and it's the one with 20 odd uh, 20,000 odd people in it and there you're not allowed to bag your ex we won't have it um you're not allowed to tell us about arguments with people we don't want to hear how crap you're feeling we want to hear that you've been out and you've mowed your lawn for the first time on your own since yeah, since your husband left and we want to see a photo and we all want to go well done that's cool that you sounds awesome it. That sounds yeah. great. That's really great. Now, now, Lucy, let's uh, let's cut to the chase. We always finish the interview with a song, and mm. um, yours happens to be an Oasis song. Mm. Oh, which one? Half the world away. Which seems pretty apt for you, right? Yes. Yeah, it without is. a doubt. Yeah. So, uh, Lucy, I just want to say it's amazing. You're you're a, you're a you know, it's inspirational to see what you've achieved and what you're doing and uh, please keep it up. I know that um, single mums and single dads, um, I know from I know plenty of single dads as well that, that struggle. Um, what you're doing is a, an amazing thing. Thank you and thanks for having me on and listening to me babble on about 
my life. No one no. was really interested in it. It wasn't. Oh, come on. <laughs> that's what we that's what we all think about. Our, I mean, that's a human condition. We think that about our own lives, but it's not true. It's not true at all. Um, there's there's always a kernel a kernel of wisdom and and a, yeah. and a nugget of gold in there. there like, uh, you know, like next time you um, you're looking to brand, you know, some a, a new venture, come to come to us. We'll probably come up with some ideas like the good shit or the the good yeah. oil, something like that. You play on words, but the goodie bag is a good start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very lucky. Kept my well, married name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's a it's a cracking marketing ploy, right? <laughs> yeah, but it is, and funnily enough, I've got the question on my Instagram at the moment, and um, one of the questions I put up is, "Have you held on to your uh, maiden name? Right. Back to your maiden name after divorce?" Mm. And going off, I've got fifty odd comments on there at the moment, and people saying, "You know, I held on to my married name because it was easier to spell." <laughs> and I'm uh, like, it, "Yeah, me too." <laughs> oh, really? Oh, really? What was your maiden name? Well, it was Wormsley, which is. Oh, that's very English, right? Yeah, yeah and um, but good is is just so much better. I oh, yeah. Jo- my kids, so. George, do you think your wife's going to keep your name when she gets rid of you? <laughs> it's it's phonetic. It's phonetic, and it certainly uh, rolls off the tongue better than Badzakis. Oh, yeah, that's oh. true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she'll be holding on to that name. <laughs> she'll keep oh. Sabados. She does want you to keep you, but she wants to keep the name. <laughs> yeah, why else you, would you get married? You, you, you speak of that with a degree of certainty. What's going on, Brett? Well, you know, we're in touch, <laughs> oh. your wife and I. Oh, there's, there's a space in the market for a single dad support group. Yeah. Oh, well, well, you know, <laughs> wouldn't we, wouldn't we be your, um, wouldn't we be classic leaders for, for a men's support group? Absolutely, you, you're very good at getting people to talk and to share. So we, we are. Well, no, but but getting back, but to that point, there are a lot of men's group like uh, men's groups, regional, suburban, but they don't offer services per se, like or mm. or, or a network of contacts like lawyers. And so, yes, yes, it's a, it's a real problem yeah. for men to try yeah. and find a to try and find a way to navigate. All by themselves, and that's a, and like I say, what you're doing is amazing because there isn't. I think so. You know, like, yeah, well done, well done. Yeah. So, Lucy, thank you again for your time today. Thank you, thank you for having thank, me on. Thank it's you, Lucy. Great to chat to, and I love your podcast. Thank you. Oh, you, don't, you don't, you don't really know him. So, but anyway, it's good. Next time, it's next time point. I'm in Noosa, I'll be looking you up, and we'll be catching yeah. up. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that would be lovely. Here, tapping away on the computer. That would be lovely. Thank you, Lucy. <laughs> Thanks, take, take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah, I would like to leave this city. This old town don't smell too pretty. I can feel the warning signs running around my mind And when I leave this island I book myself into a soul asylum Cause I can feel the warning signs running around my mind So here I go, still scratching around same old home.
Scratching the 